Even in the strangest tales, some names are still redacted. These are their stories. Encounters, a show where we play pen and paper RPGs in which we've randomly determined as many things as possible, including characters, villains, names, places, and other paranormal stuff. It all comes together to be a very random encounter. I'm Wheels. I'm Logan. I'm Lee. And I'm Greg. I didn't ask before we started this who wants to give me a recap. Is this yeah. our first this is this, our first recap for this yeah. chapter? I, I, um, can, I can do this, yeah. Herman, take it away. <laughs> yeah, so we are in the we are in some sort of church, I think, with an alien at the bug who's got a magic box who was a human. Anita was very angry, and I'm still very confused about what, uh, where all the anger is coming from. And also, Bud is here, who I've not really worked for with. Oh my it's, God, it's there's bug. a lot of things going on. So there's a bug who was, is an alien with the magic, and the magic box from the alien is making things very confusing, and I do not like it. Yeah, I think that sounds like it. I just want to point out that um, it's not technically a church. It's a event space where on Sundays church happens. Thanks, Don. <laughs> <laughs> this is an event space where the, where the church happens on certain days. Otherwise, there's like a community place and the potlucks. What do you what do you want it to be? Don't forget Family Friday. Go karts <laughs> in the North. <laughs> are, are we going to do the fish fry and the sour broughton? Hey, for the right price, you can do whatever you want in here. Today, y'all, we're going to the scene of the crime. You were at the church, you know, you had the dead alien body, but now we gotta go to where the alien became a dead body. Oh, no. <laughs> and I did something fun yesterday, which was Google search Paranormal Toledo. <laughs> I have two options. One is truer to our show's brand, but the other might just, like... <laughs> fit a little better option one is we just roll on this list that i found from visit toledo.org on their list of paranormal toledo places and i can okay. just roll them or i could read you the names and short descriptions of yep. their being paranormal and you can choose which one you think is going to be our scene of the crime i'm i vote for roll roll that okay. baby someone give me a d6 i got a five okay the fifth one is Wolcott House Heritage Center and Grounds, named for James Wolcott, a prosperous businessman during the late 1820s to the mid 1840s, the Wolcott House is the only yeah, I know that guy is the only building original to the site. Built by James Wolcott and his wife Mary Wells, the Wolcott House began as a log house and evolved into a beautiful 14-room federal-style mansion between the years 1827 and 1836. As for its paranormal history, the Holcott house is home to some playful spirits who move objects and open doors. Witnesses have also heard unexplained footsteps and whispers. Guided tours are available Saturday afternoons, <laughs> May through mid-December. Check website for tour times. Let's look at what this building looks like. Oh, can Anita can Anita have that been one of her jobs? Because she was new down in the roots, so Sure, yeah. So she went and like investigated the playful spirits, and she was the one who was just like, look, nothing to worry about. These are real nice ghosts. You got, you got some fine ghosts in your house. 
so I sent you the link uh, in Secret Channel if you want to know what it looks like. But for listeners... Looks like a house-ass house. Yeah, a two-story <laughs> kind of plantation style, I would venture to say. Yeah. It's got the columns and the... It's got a real White House vibe. Yeah, because oh, yeah. Yeah. It, is, it, is, it is, in fact, white, all white. Yes. But it's in Toledo, the real <laughs> the real capital of America. <laughs> okay, so that leads us to our victim, who I rolled up. Uh, so we know that our victim was killed by our assassin friend that Greg plays, whose name is... Denise. Denise, sorry. How could I? <clears throat> so we know that Denise killed this person thinking that they were her target, but wound up being the alien. The target that I rolled up is a reporter who can be destructive. What do we think a reporter who can be destructive was doing in this old... Logan, did you say you do know who James Wolcott was? Anita does, yeah. Oh, okay. Because Anita basically ghost busted his house. I see. That's great. Now I understand <laughs> what you mean. You mean that, you mean that bef even before she ever went into the roots in 18-whatever. Yeah. That's excellent. <laughs> should I Google who James Wolcott actually was, or should we just make up? Um, I mean, he probably sucked if he lived in a big old house <laughs> yeah. in the 1800s. Wait, he was an American journalist. Yeah. Whoa. Wait, no, that's a different person. <laughs> this is the person that I have a photograph of. Uh, who? Uh, he did get a Webby Award in 2007, so I don't know if it's the <laughs> same one. <laughs> uh, name for James Wolcott, a businessman in the late 1820s to the mid-1840s. Mm. All right, so what do we think our reporter who can be destructive is doing in this historical home? Well, so the kids lived there until they all died in 1957. Okay, so yeah. I don't think it's a historical place. I think they were having a political or something event right. there. That so makes they, sense. They were yeah. actually having a party. It's a haunted old house now, now in 2020, but it was just... It was just their a, house. A, a rich person's house. It was an old lady's house. Yeah. There are still ghosts there. It's still a haunted True. house. It's just not a tourist yeah. right. house. Yeah, not yet. <laughs> cool. So I think when you get there, it probably has, in that case, there probably is like some hustle and bustle there. Actually, which one, how many of you go? Is it just the three of your main characters or do you think we're bringing your, some of your side characters along? I think Denise would say her final things to Orville and then be like, and I'm out. Mm. Does she have final things that she wants to say to Orville? Well, yeah, because I think she thinks Orville is incredibly stupid. Well, she's she. Who knows? <laughs> so, I mean, I think as they're packing up, she'll pull Orville aside. Uh, yeah. Uh huh. Now I'm not going to tell you how to do your job, but good because I wasn't going to plan on doing it. But I'm just going to give you this little piece of advice. <laughs> Either they knew that they were an alien, or they didn't know. Either way, whoever hired me hired me to kill that person specifically. So you're probably going to find out why they were there, and why they hired me. But I'm not going to make it easier on you because you don't want to do your job. So oh, go investigate. Oh, confusing here. This um, you're looking for the PI. I'm just the I'm just kind of Anita's handler. I just kind of the driver mostly, and Anita. I'm, I'm supposed to keep watch over Anita. I'm in charge of her. Well, I'm telling but, you, and I'm out. Okay, bye. <laughs> She's delightful. <laughs> She's a lot, huh? And then she like gets in her car and literally peels out. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, she just goes to the 
She finds the nearest person in a suit who looks official, and that's uh-huh. Orville. She complains about him to him and leaves. <laughs> yep. <laughs> this whole operation sucks, and you're going to hear about you're it. You're going to hear about it. <laughs> the most manager-looking person there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I think the whole drive over there, Orville's, Orville's like, you know, I don't know why... I don't know why she got in my face. I hey, like I get it. You know, I'm you know federal agent or whatever. I just yeah. No, it's okay. You're doing. It's fine. a lot, you know. I I I like people, and and so like when they get all up in my face like that, it's I don't know. It's just like I want people to like me, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, what are you doing behind here? And we we could use the help. Yeah, like you are yeah, still trained. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's just I this uh. This wacky, uh, I mean, sorry to your, to our, our, uh, amphibious friend back there, but this paranormal stuff is not my, I mean, I'm new to it, so. I ain't paranormal. What would you call you, then? I'm a cryptid, there's a difference. Paranormal's like your Like a time traveler, and... or a changeling, or, yeah, that mm, kind of stuff. I feel like a changeling is probably <laughs> more along the lines of a cryptid as well, but. Then you're just getting into little details. <laughs> ghost, ghost hunter. Yeah, so, what do we know about this house? But I, what, what, where? Uh, well, I think, I think the old man Wolcott is uh, hosting another. Oh wait, no, he would be, he would be dead. He'd be dead. It would be, <laughs> it would probably be like his son or something. His great granddaughter is who owns the house in 1940, whatever. Oh, right. Yeah. There you go. Rilla. Cool. Her name's Rilla, which I love that name. Wow, that's Ooh, cool that's name. cool. I'm gonna use that then. So, <laughs> uh, well, I've uh, I've actually been to Toledo a time or two before. Uh, it's very pretty. I've seen it from the street. I think it's like uh, kind of one of those old rich houses that like just kind of stays around. I think the same folks still live there. There was like a some sort of dinner party political event the night of the uh, alien murder. And I think they're having something along those lines, but a little smaller scale this time, more like local, you know, hobnobbing with uh, local leaders. Um, they know we're coming, though. Luckily, the head honcho here at uh, o- at your uh, ODD apparently has some connections, so we're going to just kind of be slipping in there. Uh, we got someone in the staff we, that's our contact, and... Uh, They'll let us in, and then we can kind of just look around. There shouldn't be a lot of people near the actual crime scene that's on the second floor. There's not going to be anyone there. Sound good? I think this would be, like, would Anita at this point understand this is somewhere she's been before? <laughs> sure, yeah. Like, hang on, with the big columns out front? Mm-hmm. I think I ghost busted this place. Well, I didn't bust anybody. They're very nice. You're telling me ghosts are real? <laughs> what, what, is, what is a ghost busting? What is... Well, if I was if I was busting, I would um you know uh, made them move on to the next realm. But they, I mean, they seem pretty chill. Well, so, so like the exorcism. Uh, I mean, that's really a loaded religious term, and I don't really like to use that. But um, I mean, you're it's in the ballpark, sure. I think you pull up at that point, and you get. I don't think we talked about what time of year it is, but I picture this being like in the summer. Okay, just what it feels like. Is it during the day or the night? Uh, it's oh, during the day. It's like. Okay. You know, it's about to be evening time when some of the guests are arriving for that little hobnob event, but you're a little before them. So I think um, Bud and Muriel share like knowing looks as they pass, like come up to the towards the house, and Bud's like, "Well, 
I guess I'm going to look outside then. And Bud has like a hat that he pulls down low and like a uh. like a coat. But like, I mean, he's a frog. So <laughs> I was and wondering I was how like, we were going to do this. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, you know, Ben Grimm, the thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just puts on a church coat and everybody's like, what thing? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, once it gets dark, you know. Yeah. So he and Muriel share like a knowing look and she's like, I'll make the call if I need you. They have a signal. Mm. Cool. Is it like a ribbit? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't thought of it yet, Logan. <laughs> uh, so Viola is the staff member who, who lets you in there. She is like the, I don't know, terminology like this for rich people, but she's like the, I guess like the groundskeeper or whatever the equivalent of that is that would be the right term here. And uh, she seems like she's a little preoccupied with the fact that guests are coming over. She doesn't care too much about this, like, squad of weird investigators, but she knows that uh, she's supposed to treat you right. So she does treat you decently well, but mostly she just lets you wander around a little bit. We know that the that Denise committed the murder on the second floor, which is strange given that the the area that the event would have been in would have been on the first floor. Like, the second floor is just, like, the bedrooms, those sorts of things. So it was odd that he ended up there. I mean, it makes sense that that's where Denise killed the alien posing as the journalist because that's when he was kind of taken away from the group. But it's strange that someone would venture up there in the first place. What do y'all do? So as soon as Anita can, she sort of just like excuses herself, goes to uh, the side parlor room. There's a giant mirror on the wall. She breathes on it like, and then writes, hey, Phoebe, but backwards. Uh, cool. Let's <laughs> say after your fog has dissipated, there's another layer of fog that comes back, even though you're no longer breathing on the glass. And in very nice uh, cursive, very like swoopy cursive, the mirror says, new mirror, who this? <laughs> <laughs> I think I just, uh, yeah, breathe some more and like, it's Anita. <laughs> uh, when, we, when we can just talk like this and and, presu- and the, yeah, the listener can presume that it's all being written. Yeah, it's very, there's a Anita needs like three glasses of water to get all like, after all of the fogging up that she's doing. But yeah, uh, so this friendly what did we say? What did the article say? Did it say friendly or did it say it said like fun playful thing? spirits? Playful. Okay. So I think in that case, uh, Phoebe writes back something like, uh, "Ooh, do you know any of the circumstances of your first? Was it just like they brought you in here to see if there were ghosts and you said, yes, there are. They're very nice. Like, is that basically the situation? The answer to your question is, I don't know. (laughs) I I haven't made that up yet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think this is probably one of Anita's earlier jobs because it's like kind of low tier for a demon hunter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Phoebe writes back like, how? How? (laughs) (laughs) Weren't you a kid a long time ago? Oh yeah. Um, Are you a ghost now? <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not a ghost. I I did a little light time travel. <laughs> it's so weird that the ghost is like, no fucking way. <laughs> and she says, and you came here. <laughs> uh, it's 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 just a real big coincidence. I, you know, sometimes 
things just happen in this world. Well, what's new or old? I, sorry, I don't know how the time work stuff works. Oh, everything's new. But hey, uh, I'm. I guess I'm a paranormal <laughs> investigator now. Not ghosts. Don't worry. But did you see? Did you see like a, a murder up in here? <laughs> so I think it wasn't in this room, and th- and I think this is where Phoebe is locked. But she mm. says that th- she knows that a murder happened because you know she talks with the other ghosts. I think it's like kind of a one ghost per room oh. <laughs> thing. Um, but not all of the ghosts are playful and want to talk to you. And so she's talked to some of the other ghosts who are a little shyer and. They told her that, like, they told her about the, the murder, but they all, all have these, like, conflicting stories because they, like, they all have, like, unfinished business and they read the lens by which th- they understand what they see in this kind of weird afterlife. They all, like, interpret it through their own unfinished business. So, like, the one who, like, is, like, still heartbroken over their cheating acts or whatever sees like every intruder as someone as like an adulterer and like ties (laughs) that into the story somehow and it's like not not the case but so she's like trying to piece it together and it seems like the common detail among these is that before Denise came in there were a lot of strange sounds and lights Uh, probably that device that um, you had found on the on the mm. creature, that device that like projected that constellation before. And that those sounds started then, like once the creature activated that device, presumably, and then was killed by Denise, but those sounds have kept recurring even oh. now after. And, and it seems like the the, the uh, living occupants don't notice it, but the ghosts keep hearing the echo and um, kind of visual echo of the whirring and projection that that device did that you saw in the church they just keep, it just keeps recurring at that same time of night oh what t- what time let's it was a kind of a evening affair so let's call it like eight o'clock is that murder time yeah think, eight o'clock is a murder time okay okay so like you got a while before that happens, like if you want to like set something up to try and find it, but that's what Phoebe knows. She's not able to piece much else together because all of the accounts are a little wonky, but that's what yeah. she's able to get you. I also want to write back like, hey, it's been a while. Do you or anyone else need a sending or anything or like you want to keep doing your business? Uh, She says she'll check around. There's, there's, um, there are clergy here that come frequently enough for events and like one of them is friends with one of the ghosts so like every (laughs) once in a while like they get that offer so she's not sure if there's anyone who needs it now but she'll keep it in mind this house rules (laughs) (laughs) I mean I think that Herman is walking around with the weirdy cell phone out like trying to see if can catch the sound through oh, the cell phone. Like he doesn't really know, mm-hmm. fully understand how any of this works. <laughs> but like, is just walking around from room to room up there, like holding out the phone. Like maybe something will happen. Yeah, you do actually. It's not the signal itself, but when you approach the spot where you're pretty sure the murder happened, or I guess you could have made sure, you know, yeah. talking to Denise beforehand the signal on your device just immediately cuts out. It's like you have fine signal elsewhere, but like that spot is almost like in on, it's like being not inundated, but it's like overwhelming. 
yeah, like there is one signal that is that is in that area. It's like that is the only electromagnetic radiation that is, you know, not natural that's being like projected by something. It's like deleting all of the radio waves that would be bouncing around in that house anyway. And just in that spot, there is only one signal and it just I mean, you can't really pick it up on your phone, but like you can tell that like none of your devices that use radio waves seem to work in that spot because as yeah as you mentioned it's like uh this kind of overwhelming signal it's almost like a a permanent structure was placed there and that you know you can't see it but it's a structure of it's like a signal structure i suppose i'll call orville over because anita seems busy with a mirror <laughs> uh yeah yeah well uh... the signals dies here hmm let me hold on and he he heads out to the car and he comes back with some sort of contraption and he says when they uh when the fbi sent me to watch over anita at the odd they sent me with some of their um the fbi's otter tech this should beep in sync with it so whatever frequency it's at i should be able to at least figure that out for you it takes him a while because like it literally is just like it's like a really wide frequency band thing Mm -hmm. And so it, like, takes him a while to find it. But once he does, he realizes that it's, like, this thing is projecting at, like, a really high, not, like, uh, damaging rays, like, not, like, gamma rays or whatever, but at, like, a really high energy range that, like, frequency range that uh, you wouldn't typically see used in this area. So clearly something out of the ordinary. What he is also able to decipher is that whatever is being sent is being repeated you know, it's not like it's sending out a constantly changing feed of information. Um, it's more like a pulse. So I'm assuming there's like barns and... There is a barn in the background of that image. Do you want to go in the, in yeah, the barn? Yeah, I'm looking That's... at that picture. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I think Bud uh, slips into the to the barn in the back. Can Bud talk to all animals or just tadpole frog mm. people? Um, well, those might have Bud been other lo- Loveland frog people, right? Bud can't even talk to all other tadpoles. That's what he was saying in his mm-hmm. intro: was that uh, some of them are going to be Loveland frogs and some of them are just going to be frogs. So uh, he doesn't know which ones yet, but he just comes and talks to them every day, and then eventually oh, I- it'll sort itself out. Yeah. So no, no, Bud can't talk to animals. Okay. Um, but when you get in there, it is, you know, there's no staff in there. It's just a really kind of a simple, pretty simple lock since this is like, you know, it's just the the barn. And so you're able to sneak in pretty easy. And at one point, this probably was used for like agricultural purposes. But at this point, it really just houses the horses of the, like the family's horses so there, yeah, we got some horses hanging out in there. Um, there's probably like a cat in there to, uh, you know, eat mice or whatever. Mm-hmm. Anything in particular you're looking for in the barn? Bud and cats get along really well. It's weird. All they're like, <laughs> it's almost like they can communicate, but they can't mm-hmm. talk. Like, but they're just like simpatico. They get it. Yeah. Cats are cats are just cryptids that are very mm-hmm. prolific. Yes. <laughs> so. Bud, like, kind of goes to the horses, and he's sort of, you know, like, pats one on the nose, and is like, oh. 
good ho- horsey. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you you stay in there. <laughs> and then he sees the cat, and he's like, "Oh, hey, little buddy, what are you doing? See anything weird going on around here?" And he like scratches it under the nose, under the under the nose, under the chin. It uh, yeah, it does that little thing where like it lifts its chin up so you can get a better. <laughs> better scritch and it almost kind of looks like a smile when it does you know mm-hmm. it starts to like kind of groom you back licking and that but stops immediately when it's like oh you are too slimy <laughs> weird <laughs> weird weird but it's you know it's still comfortable around you frogs are um, not slimy <laughs> are they i guess they're not they're not yeah they're huh. like wet usually they, <laughs> yeah if they've just come out of water but they dry out Y'all have not played with enough frogs when y'all were kids. But I thought I caught they a lot needed of frogs. to. Maybe they were whatever. wet because they peed on me all the time. There's differences between toads and frogs, anyway. But yeah, mo- like they're not just naturally wet. They're just like you know, hang out around water a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, either way, it's it's a new experience for the kitty. It, it was surprised because it's never seen Bud. Yeah, but you know, after you kind of build a rapport, it kind of does that thing where it just like. Where cats just kind of want to lead you and like show <laughs> show you a thing. Yeah. You're yeah. not necessarily sure why. But in a moment like this, I'm sure you got to follow it. So anyone have any ideas for like a weird clue the cat could show Bud here? Is there like, um, is there any kind of like other... Okay, so we know there's something transmitting that sound that's in the room mm-hmm. up there. Could there be like a device that might interface with whatever's in that room? Ooh, yeah, way? that's... That's cool. I like that a lot because okay. the cat actually like the reason the cat brings you to that spot is it just because it's going back to the warm spot because mm-hmm. the, the owners of the house don't know. But under that little bit of hay that it uses as its bed, the reporter slash alien must have. Yeah, must have hid the the console mm. there in the barn um, that controls it. And it's lit up. So it's warm. Yeah. And it's just sleeping there because it <laughs> it's plugged in. So it's warm. And yeah, you find this device that it's n- it doesn't even look like, you know, I say a console, but it's like, you know, it's alien technology is not built for uh, you. So, you know, <laughs> so it's not like a user interface in any like discernible way, but there are like levers and, and yeah, buttons. Yeah, and there's things. like stuff you could press around it and like a kind of like a style like light that's kind of like coming uh, mm-hmm. Off of it, just very lightly. Uh, that's why he had to hide it under that hay, or else uh, it would show. Is because it glows like that, kind of repeatedly. All right. So Bud uh, sticks his head out the barn, and surprising everyone except uh, Muriel, whistles really loud. <laughs> <laughs> and Muriel's like, "Oh, Bud found something." <laughs> is that just a signal? Yeah, I can hear it. It's a good signal. Yeah. So I guess she goes out to the barn. Once the two of you look at the device, like there's not a lot you can glean from it. It's so it's so beyond your technology and it's so different from your technology that like you can't figure out a lot. But kind of the only thing you can figure is from like observing the signals that that are coming off of it. So probably, you know. Orville and Herman come down with their, you know, fancy device. And what they can figure out is that this is not just interfacing with that, we'll call it the beacon that kind of just keeps 
going off in the house, but it's t- it signals are coming into it and out of it. That this is some sort of like hub of communication, even though no one is currently interfacing with it, but it's sending signals out and receiving them. And what's kind of alarming is that based on the frequency range that's being used and just like the physics, you know, Orville does some napkin math and like the physics of electromagnetism mean that like the signals that are coming here are coming from Toledo. They're coming from in town and they're coming from like everywhere, like everywhere (laughs) there, there must be a ton of these things hidden all over town and this must just be the first one that y'all found. Um, if there's multiple signals, does that mean there's multiple aliens? Well, now, well, now, well. on Facebook and Twitter at VREcast or email us at hi at VRE.show. Check out our website at VRE.show for a listening guide, links to everyone's Twitter, and our shop for some neato merch. If you want to help us out, you can rate and review our show or tell a friend about us. If you enjoy what we do, consider backing us on Patreon. We release a bonus show each month along with a bunch of other extras, so check that out at patreon.com slash VRE. And to all our patrons, thank you very much for supporting us. Yeah. One creature from beyond... Akiru the Wolf says, Genuinely the best TTRPG podcast around. Not much to be said here that hasn't been said already. The cast is as talented and synergetic as they come, stringing together near flawless stories on the fly. The premise of Randomize Everything Possible is truly a captivating one. If you or a friend is wanting to get into TTRPGs, start here. You cannot go wrong with this inclusive and fun show. TLDR, listen to this show. Thank you! Thank you! I'm I vote for roll. Roll that, baby. Roll that beautiful bean footage. <laughs> Are we still saying that? <laughs> we we have never stopped saying that.